Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button if you haven't already, and please share widely with others. It makes a huge difference indeed. Today, it's really a great pleasure to welcome onto the show David Lynch, an incredibly talented, creative genius, filmmaker, and someone who is passionate about transcendental meditation. So he joins us today. We're going to be talking about his foundation's work in supporting transcendental meditation. And we're going to be talking about his personal experience with TM and how it's influenced his work and his attitudes and his overall outlook on life. So stay tuned for that. Before we kick things off, a heartfelt thanks to our sponsors, Quilt AI. Quilt AI is an artificial intelligence powered consumer insights and market research platform. They currently work with approximately 100 clients, ranging from large corporates such as Coca-Cola, Unilever, and Visa, to technology companies such as Twitter and Amazon, to large philanthropic organizations such as the Gates Foundation, the World Bank, Girl Effect, the UN, and Children's Investment Fund Foundation. With 6 million data sources and hundreds of AI models, they're able to answer any consumer or beneficiary research problem across more than 90 countries. And in 2019, their mission-based technology approach led The Economist to calling them an AI for good company. So check them out at quilt.ai. As I mentioned today, it's a real pleasure to welcome onto the show David Lynch, who's going to be talking to us about his foundation's work and he's going to be sharing with us his personal experience with transcendental meditation. And, uh, and he's going to speak very passionately about why you should take a close look at that as well and embrace it. David, without uh, further ado, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Good to be here, Alberto. Excellent. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about the foundation. Why did you start the foundation? I think you, you've been running since uh, 2005. This foundation was started to bring uh, TM to the people and um, transcendental meditation. And uh, yeah, the idea is to raise money uh, to get transcendental meditation to any person in the world who wants it. Okay. And tell us a little bit about TM, transcendental meditation. Many people may not be familiar with it. Many people might have a little bit of an insight into it, but not a great deal. Tell us a little bit about TM and, and the, uh, the influence it's had on your life. Okay. So first I'd like to say I heard uh, your uh, podcast with uh, Jeffrey Abramson, and it was so beautiful. And you could run that again, and people can, you know, understand what transcendental meditation is from that it was a great great talk and jeffrey's a great soul and then you had dr tony nader who's head of the whole tm organization and uh he must have done wonders uh, telling the people about what transcendental meditation is also so uh you know alberto there's many many techniques under the name meditation out in the world. And people kind of, I think, think all meditations are pretty much the same. So they just pick one out of the hat and they, they're off and running. This is not true. And uh, 
for me, the key word is transcend. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? Um, you know, there's also a thing called science. And science has progressed over the years uh, to the point where maybe in the 1970s, I think, modern science, quantum physics, so-called discovered the unified field. This field that underlies the whole field of relativity. And it's all unified in that field. That's why they call it the unified field. It's oneness. And Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who brought Transcendental Meditation out to the world, revived it and brought it out. This field that the scientists call the unified field is a field of pure consciousness, Maharishi says. Pure consciousness. And, you know, um, you're, you mentioned Dr. Tony Nader. He's got a book coming out called um, One Unbounded Ocean of Consciousness, something like this. This book is a must read for human beings around the world, anywhere. This book is incredible. You've got to read this book, Alberto. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going onto the Amazon you website. Can, can, okay, good. You can you can get a pre-order of it right now. It'll be an ebook in English. It's going to come out in hardcover in Spanish first, but it is a quantum leap in knowledge for the people. And I'm telling you. Consciousness will be the word that defines the 21st century. It's all going to come out that it's all about consciousness. And this field that underlies the field of relativity is a field of unbounded, infinite, eternal, immutable, immortal consciousness. This field is a field that never had a beginning. Imagine, it never had a beginning. It always was. It is now and it will be forever. This field of consciousness can manifest and produce all that we see and experience. This is uh, the big uh, truth of how it all works, that everything is spun out of consciousness. So there's the relative, the field of relativity and the non-relative absolute. And this field of consciousness as I said, is always there. It's deep within. It underlies the field of relativity. It's like waiting for us. For some reason, during these last many, many years, we've lost contact with this field. And transcendental meditation is a mental technique, an ancient form of meditation that very easily and effortlessly 
reunites us with this field, takes us like uh, on a, a little boat deep within. And when we transcend, we, we transcend into this field and experience it. And every time we experience it, we infuse some of that and, and grow in consciousness, expand whatever amount of consciousness we had to begin with. And this consciousness within has qualities. So in this field within, this consciousness has the qualities of unbounded intelligence, unbounded creativity, unbounded happiness known as bliss, unbounded love, unbounded energy, unbounded peace within every human being. We just need a technique to get us there. Now, if you imagine the field of relativity um, going from the elementary particles all the way up to um, the big giant, you know, galactic structures in the universe, the many forms of meditation, let's say there's not any, probably any bad forms, but they might give us some, some benefits. There's concentration forms, but they say with brain research, they see that the concentration forms of meditation, basically you're, you're concentrating on something the same way you would be concentrating on any project you're working on or any, any book you're reading or any, anything you're studying or whatever. It's, you know, keeps you on the surface of life, doesn't take you within. Then there's contemplation forms of meditation. They might take you a little bit within, give you some relaxation, give you some comfort, some benefits, but they don't take you all the way within. Transcendental meditation, you get a mantra, and the mantra you get in transcendental meditation is like, I say, like a law of nature designed for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to turn the awareness 180 degrees from out to in, within. Once we're pointed within, we will naturally and easily dive deeper. Why is it natural and easy? Because they say the human being always wants to go to fields of greater happiness. And when we're pointed within, we begin to dive because each deeper level of creation has more happiness, more charm. And it pulls us like a magnet to the source of everything. And when we get right there at the border of intellect and the unbounded ocean of consciousness, we naturally transcend because that's the infinite amount of happiness. Boom, we're in there. Sometimes you just stay for a millisecond. Sometimes you stay longer. But you'll, you'll infuse some of that consciousness every time you transcend. And like I said, you'll start to expand whatever ball of consciousness you had to begin with. 
and you'll start expanding all those positive qualities. It's an all positive field with these fantastic qualities and you'll start to expand all those. The side effect of expanding consciousness and those all positive qualities is negativity starts to lift away. Now, so you're getting all these positive qualities coming up. And I say gold coming from within and the added benefit of negativity leaving. So what are these things of negativity leaving? Stress starts to go. Anxieties, tensions, worries, sadness, all these things you call negative things, depression, hate, need for revenge, uh, bitter selfish anger and fear. All these things start to lift away. They say that um, that consciousness, you could say, is like light. And negativity, you could say, is like darkness. And darkness isn't really anything. It's just the absence of light. So you start ramping up this light of consciousness, automatically darkness goes. And so people who practice transcendental meditation and transcend every day, they start seeing stress start going. And stress is a thing that even um, a little bit of stress is not good for us. There's stress-related illness. People can die from stress. And there's so much stress in our world. There's so much negativity in our world. And so here's a technique to bring in the gold, these all positive qualities, and say goodbye to the garbage. And it works because you're transcending. Like I said, transcend is the key word. It gets you to the treasury within, that ocean unbounded. It's always there, but we just don't know how to get there. We need a technique, a technique that works. And with brain research, they can see when a human being transcends, they see what they call total brain coherence. All parts of the brain start talking to one another when, it, when a person transcends. When I was growing up, they said we only used 5 or 10% of our brain. And everybody who heard that wondered what the heck is the other 90% for? Here's the thing. Human beings are built to utilize the full brain. And here's a technique that enlivens that whole brain working together and higher states of consciousness can come into, you know, our, you know, our toolkit. We can start opening up higher states of consciousness. We can start unfolding our full potential, which is enlightenment. Like we read about in the books of the old days, probably in India, where people gained enlightenment. I always, that was the one thing that got me one of the two things that got me started with um, meditation. Which was ages ago, right? I mean, it was like in the 70s, 73 I read. 73 I started, July 1st, 1973, and about 11 o'clock in the morning. And never missed a day. I uh, never missed a meditation twice a day since then. And, but I heard this term enlightenment, and I thought, is it possible 
that a human that that it even is real and that that you could get it. And I said, no, no, it's maybe an Eastern thing, but I live in the West. I'm not going to get this kind of thing. And uh, but you know, Maharishi's a world teacher. He went around the world ten times, taught in over a hundred different countries, and um, so it's it's there for any human being that wants it and it works and the benefits are profound and now uh, more and more people in the world are seeing this as a true thing and uh, so we're getting to the point now where pretty soon I think that everyone will be meditating with Transcendental Meditation because it works, it's easy and effortless. A 10-year-old can do it, a 110-year-old can do it, and you can unfold your full potential, walk away from suffering and negativity, and enjoy life fully. Realize your dreams and uh, start dealing with a full deck. Mm. And in your case, a creative genius like you, and TM, how would you say it's uh, in practice? You know, what are what are the tangibles that you would say? Look, I mean, because of this, I've been able to do A, B, or C. I, I, I just changed the way I go about things. That's a very good question. I was creative before I started meditation, but I had many, many worries. A kind of a uh, well, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've had so much good luck in my life, um, but I was accepted to the Center for Advanced Film Studies at, at AFI, American Film Institute, Center for Advanced Film Studies. I came, I came out to LA in 1970 from Philadelphia, which is called the City of Brotherly Love, but it was really the city of fear and... Um, uh, corruption and filth and insanity when I was living there. But anyway, I came out here uh, and I went to school in a 55-room mansion in the best part of Beverly Hills. And I was able to take over the whole stables and make my first feature film. The stables uh, were horse stables, garages, maids' quarters, hayloft, uh, and I was able to build sets there. I had a mini studio, a mini soundstage, soundstages. And uh, the first day I got the hold of the place uh, uh, to, and the green light to make my first feature, I went up to the what they call the equipment shed, which was off the main mansion, where I was down below in the stables area. Um, they, I started loading up my little Volkswagen with equipment. I had all the equipment I needed, carload and carload and carload of equipment I took down. And I thought I should be the happiest person in the world. That afternoon, I'm standing at a table, looking at a wall in front of me. And I realized that my happiness was only a surface happiness. Beneath that was hollow. It was like a, I said, what? 
there was some, so much missing. There was so much missing. I said, what in the world? That really, that really hit me. And so I, I, was, I felt like, in a way, any strength I had was a surface strength. Anything, everything could fall apart in a, in a heartbeat. And I had these worries and kind of a melancholy swimming in there. I, I didn't feel self-secure, self-assured. And uh, I, I, in this business, you know, and pretty much any business, you can get killed so easily, railroaded, you know, run over by a steamroller. Uh, and so for me, transcendental meditation brought in this gold that gave me self-assuredness. It gave me an, a happiness in the doing of things. And you see that many people work and go about their day, you know, doing things, but they're not really happy in the doing. They do it for the reward, the money or whatever. And, but it's our life going by. So it would be so great if we enjoyed all the, all the moments, enjoyed all the things. And this happiness comes in and it doesn't go away when you transcend and bring it in, transcend, bring it in more and more and more. It builds up and you're able to take what comes along better and better. And you start enjoying the doing. You start getting more energy to do the things you want to do. You start getting along better with people because this universal love starts flowing in and relationships get better. I still been divorced three times, married four times, but they're, I'm, I'm friends with my ex-wives. I love them so much. I love being you know, married to them. It's just that we live in a field of change and um, these things happen. But um, it's how you go through life gets better and better. And I always say, the events of our life may stay the same, but how we go through them gets better. And this has my, been my experience. And it serves the work. You know, within us in the treasury is unbounded creativity. So common sense would tell you if you were able to visit that field of pure creativity, unbounded creativity, you'd get more creative get more intelligence, get more energy, get more peace, get more love. All these things are there for us. It's common sense that it's a good thing for the human being. Now, if you hadn't, if you hadn't jumped in and, uh, and embraced TM, you mentioned you, were, you had a, a creative streak before you started TM. Uh, what do you think your body of work would have looked like if you hadn't done TM? Do you think it's impossible to tell, Alberto. You know, it's impossible to tell. But I think looking back, I might have been in trouble with, with certain things. For instance, uh, my film Dune to me was a giant failure. I did not have um, final cut. I didn't have creative control. And it was... I felt I sold out. 
and it wasn't the film I wanted to make, and it was a commercial uh, failure. So I didn't. I don't think if I if I had didn't hadn't had that inner strength from meditation from transcending every day, I might have wanted to check out. Mm. And there were things that happened other times in my life where, you know, I was going through something that was giving me nightmares and the nightmares were horrible, but then I'd wake up and I'd wish I could go back into the nightmare as bad as it was because being awake during these things was even worse. So um, uh, this inner strength that comes uh, from transcending every day, building that consciousness more and more and those qualities saves us and it gets us through tough times. So it's, I say, money in the bank to get this technique. And tell me, so this ties in very nicely with what I wanted to ask you next. So the work of your foundation, you do a lot of work with inner city kids, inner city schools, uh, veterans uh, who are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Uh, give us a little bit of insight into the work of the foundation itself, how you're reaching these individuals, um, where you operate. Give us a flavor for, for, for the foundation. Well, I always say I'm just a pretty face up front. And, um, but there's many people, Bobby Roth is the CEO. He runs the, you know, the show. And, uh, then there's a whole team of people. Um, we've done programs for the homeless, for veterans, for native Americans, for, uh, prisoners, for schools, children suffering, people suffering from autism, bipolar, ADD, ADHD, so many programs, but it boils down to everybody's a human being. And there's many people suffering in different ways. And what's been proven is transcending brings great relief. And, you know, in many, many cases, it brings an end to that suffering. So, like, prisoner, you know, starting to meditate, that one of them said, the bars of my cell disappear. I feel freedom. I feel so great. Uh, homeless people, you know, it's, it's the, they start, you know, getting things together that will lead to them not being homeless anymore. And uh, the vets who are suffering from post-traumatic stress, this stress is one of those things that keep them with nightmares. It affects them, of course. It affects their wife or husband, their kids, and, it, it, uh, and the friends. And they get this. And almost from the beginning, this pressure comes off. And they, they, you know, a lot of them start crying and say, I can't believe, you know, how good I feel. And, and they get their life back again. You hear commercials on TV where there's different things like even, you know, I don't know if it's soap, but they say, oh, I got my life back again from soap or whatever. You know, there's different, we live in a field of relativity. So um, 
This gives a person their life back, transcending so many benefits. And it's, like I said, the foundations to get it to human beings that want it. And everybody to a certain degree or another is suffering these days, particularly. Mm. And it's not just the uh, the anecdotal side, right? I mean, you're you're quite focused also on, on backing research to... Everybody wants research. In a way, I'm sick of research. Mm-hmm. But um, yet you go to an, uh, a different school, they say, well, let's do a research project. You know, while we're, but we got 50 years of research showing one benefit after another. But a lot of people rely on that. And then some people say, well, yeah, but the research was done by, you know, people that you know, were preaching to the choir and stuff like this. So let's do another research. Fine. But the point is, all these research studies show, in the end, benefits and um, people walking away from suffering. And uh, so, the, yes, there's books and books of the research and people can look up this and uh, see uh, the, the different benefits that have been proven throughout the years that Maharishi was, you know, teaching and, you know, it's just, um, uh, just a fantastic thing. Mm. Now, in your case, you have, uh, well, not only an incredible track record, but you're obviously a very busy person because you can't possibly put out so much content and, uh, and creativity without putting the time into it. Yet, as you pointed out, you've never missed a meditation. And I guess the, the, the question I'm going to is, what if somebody says, yeah, okay, this meditation thing sounds okay, but who's got time for it? I'm working. What do you say to that? Okay, so um, from the beginning, Maharishi would get this, you know, people say, Maharishi, we're practical people. We don't have time to sit for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon. We've got, you know, all these responsibilities and things. And, um, you know, it's, um, again, you go back to common sense. You, you figure the benefits you get from 40 minutes of the day diving within. It's so fabulous, the benefits, and it helps you during the other, you know, 23 hours and 50, you know, 20 minutes. So uh, it helps you immensely. And it's money in the bank to take that time. And it's so easy. They say we waste way more than 40 minutes a day anyway. So, and it's so easy to do. You just make it, you know, part of the routine. And um, so basically, if you get up 25 minutes earlier in the morning, you know, you've got, you know, that time to do your meditation. And in the afternoon before dinner, sometime in the afternoon, you sit down and do 20 minutes more. It's, and then it becomes part of the routine. No problem whatsoever. So easy not to miss a meditation. And even if people don't meditate or even know about it or even maybe dislike it, there's something about it. You ask a person, Oh, Alberto, do you have a little room I could go to to do my meditation and quiet? And, you know, 
not that noise is no barrier to meditation, but it's nice to have a place, a private place. And then you would say, oh, sure, I'll find you a place. No problem. There's something about it. And everybody, we kind of know that this kind of thing is important for the human being. There's something about it. And we help each other, you know, get that time to do our meditation. And, and, and that person is so much nicer to be around. If you're around a person that's filled with negativity, filled with this anger, you don't want to even be in the same room with them, let alone sitting next to them. And if you're with a person filled with bliss and, you know, packed with love, it's so beautiful to sit next to them. And uh, it's, it's common sense. What was it like launching the foundation? You've been around for, uh, for over 10 years now. What, tell me about the journey. Well, you know, Alberto, I hope we brought happiness to a lot of people. And that's the journey, getting transcendental meditation to the people. And pretty much everyone, I say no one will ever be sorry they started. There's a lot of people that start, they love it, and they, they kind of think, and they start feeling better, and they think the feeling better will, is, is enough, and they stop meditating. And uh, little by little by little, the stress will start creeping back. They'll never lose what they gained, but at the same time, uh, they'll lose that refreshment they got from each meditation and they'll lose growing more. And maybe they didn't grow enough to overcome this kind of stress or this kind of uh, test. So obviously, common sense again will tell you it's better to stay regular in your meditation. You've been given a technique that brings profound benefits if you utilize this technique and grow and grow and grow in consciousness, this word that'll define the 21st century, consciousness. And there's a Vedic line, consciousness alone is. And this is something that people are going to realize. Consciousness is all that there is. Everything is spun out of consciousness. It's one great giant show of consciousness, and we are that. And the sooner we start making friends with that idea, the better off we'll be. Everything is great. Everything is A-OK. -okay. There's nothing to worry about. But you want to expand that consciousness and those all positive qualities. That is the thing for the human being to do. And it's, it brings a better and better life. Mm. You mentioned, I, I saw an interview with you uh, a while back and somebody had asked you about success and failure. And you said something along the lines of, well, you know, failure, you can only go up. Success, you know, when you're up there, you're, you're feeling like, well, at any minute things would crumble and you're worrying and this and that. Yeah. And I imagine in this case, uh, TM must have been a, a source of support because you've, you've experienced tremendous success. Yeah, you know, 
um, like I said, you know, a success is beautiful, but then you can always, you know, what about your next project? What about your next thing? It could be a failure and you fall. So people worry at that point and get funny. Uh, failure, it's a horrible thing to go through, but afterwards uh, you uh, say, wait a minute, there's only going up from now on. I'm sort of free. And that freedom can really serve, you know, the creativity, serve the, you know, the next thing. Now there's different degrees of all these things. So we all know people that hold on to the sadness of a failure and they can't let go. And if they could practice transcendental meditation, that sadness would lift a lot faster. And they say many things are like a line on granite. You can't let it go. And then you start meditating. They say it becomes like a line on sand. You know, it's there, but, you know, you can see it. It's able to go more quickly than the granite, for sure. You meditate even more, and it becomes like a line on water. You can still get angry, but you can't hold on to it. You can still get extremely sad, but you can't hold on to it. And so it doesn't make you numb to things, but it saves you from having those things kill you. And you still feel it maybe even more, but it, it doesn't hold on. And you're able to go forward. Just meditate regularly. And more often than not, the things that aren't good for us will fall away naturally. The things that are good for us will start gravitating toward. Naturally, you don't force anything. Meditate regularly, then just go about your business. Not like a goody-goody two-shoes, not like holier than thou. You just meditate regularly, go about your business the same way you would and watch things get better. Wonderful. Well, I have to say it has been a, a great pleasure uh, speaking with you today, David, and to our listeners. You've been listening to David Lynch, a creative genius. I've grown up with much of your work, and, um, and it's been great having you on the show today. Really, thank you so much for speaking with such passion and such a great energy. Bless your heart, Alberto. It's good talking to you. Thank you very much. Wonderful, and that's a wrap. Please click that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app if you haven't already. That way you can stay up to date on what's coming up next. We have over 100 episodes for you to check out and enjoy, so feel free to do so. There's a full transcript of today's conversation on our website at Ligi.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org, where you'll also be able to find information on over 100 episodes that will enlighten you and inform you on philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. Thanks so much for listening. As always, click that subscribe button, and I'll see you next week.